This episode of the Happy Hour is brought to you by Sci-Fi Saturdays Bartow. That's right. It's going to be February 21st on 2015, so that's next year coming up. So mark your calendars mark now. Mark it now. 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. That's right. There's going to be sci-fi vendors, costume contests, music, food, and family fun. Free for all ages. A life-size TARDIS, yo. A life-size TARDIS is going to be there. Also, a life-size Cylon battleship from the original 1970s Battlestar Galactica. It's going to be a lot of fun for you and the whole family. And on top of that, they're showing Star Trek IV, The Voyage Voyage Home, Home. on the two, count them, two-story theater wall. So it's going to be awesome. Come out and bring your friends and tell them that the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack, and of course I have Deuce, what's going on, man? Hey, Deuce. Of course, this is the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. And for today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have Mike Reed. It's good talking uh, hey, to you, Mike. Doing, guys? Hey, man. Thank you for uh, joining us on the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing uh, doing great. Super crazy, super hectic day, but great all in all. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. Uh, Mike, when, when I first met you myself, it was through the TV show on Sci-Fi, Fangasm, which I was a huge fan of, and I watched all of it. Uh, tell me tell me that, about that experience for you and, and getting that phone call when you were actually on the bus to Baltimore. Uh, it's it's crazy. I, oh, man, I told you about the that, – that's crazy. You know about the Baltimore story. That, have a, uh, it's crazy. Uh, I guess I've told you. Um. Well, basically, uh, I had auditioned two years prior to getting my phone call for Fangasm, and the funniest thing is that they found me in my favorite local club in Tampa that I was drinking at, and I was hitting on a girl that was there, and a girl turned out to be, uh, turned out to be a producer <laughs> for uh, for MTV, which is funny. And originally, I was auditioning for a show called. Uh, what was it called? Shit. Friend, excuse me, I don't know if I can curse. Sorry. No, you can uh, curse. You can say whatever you want. Uh, we're, we're we're not a family-friendly podcast. You can say fuck. You can say whatever you want, brother. Okay, great. Well, then, uh, yeah, I did this. Uh, I went into this audition the next day hungover as shit uh, <laughs> for a show called Friendzone, which is really popular on TV for a while. Yeah. Um, and I went in and auditioned for that, and uh, I was like 20 at the time, I think. Yeah, I was 20 at the time, and I went and auditioned for that. Uh, and I was hungover as shit, and it's the funniest thing is that I guess Snooki was in town the same time, you know, Snooki from Jersey Shore, yeah. Yeah. and she, she was in town during the same time, and apparently, like, you know, we walked past each other when I was coming in for my audition, she was leaving for, she was talking about some new show she was doing, I guess it was the Snooki Wow show, Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, hey, aren't you Snooki, and she was like, yeah, and she was actually really, really cool and nice. Which, and she's, like, tiny, way tinier than I expected her to be on TV. Like, you know, I guess TV makes you look taller or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we walked past each other. I went in, and I and I faked, you know, friend zone is all about um, you being into, like, one of your friends, but you're in the friend zone. And the problem with that is that I basically slept with all my friends at that point. Ooh, yeah. It's not going to help you get on the show if it's like, look, yeah. I'm not in the friend zone, really, with anybody. Yeah, the friend zone. I wasn't in the friend zone anyway. There was no one that I really, you know, was, like, pining for in my group of friends, but I just yeah. kind of faked it. Like, you know, I just kind of made it up. I pretended like I was into this girl, uh, Claire, a really cool friend of mine, Claire Davis, and I wasn't, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the producers could kind of tell that I was bullshitting. And, yeah. 
like, you know what, man? You seem we don't we don't think your Facebook. You you seem super nerdy. Why don't you come and check out this other show we got called Fandemonium? Why don't you audition for that? I was like, cool. Let's make a tape for that. And they were like, well, you have about uh, two hours to tape for it. That was the same day I did this audition. Same day. Oh, wow. They're like, you have two hours to get a taping done for that. And I was like, well, shit. I was like, well, you know, what can I do it tomorrow? They're like, yeah. Well, the closing, the entry ends at like whenever it fucking ends. And I was like, oh, well, shit, man. Um, and, and so we went ahead and taped it. I got drunk, uh, and then me and my buddy taped it at his house, and I did my, my whole thing, uh, my whole video, and apparently the producers loved drunk me, so, uh, you know, I got a thing in the mail, and it was crazy, and I signed my soul away, and it was great, and then I didn't hear anything for two years. Wow. <laughs> I didn't hear anything for two years. Uh, I took a job in Baltimore. I gave up. I, I was trying to be an actor. I was a struggling actor at the time. And, you know, I, I just kind of gave up on it, like, two years later. I was like, you know, nothing's panning out. I'm going all these acting gigs. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm trying to get all this stuff. And nothing's really panning out. So I took, you know, the job with, this job with Save the Children. Yeah, uh, I read about worked. that. Yeah, it was a great gig, you know, making $25 you know, dollars an hour. I was in charge of, like, over, you know, I was in charge of, like, 20 people, you know, in this district. You know, it was great. I got to hire all my own people. Uh, it was amazing. It was a really, really great opportunity. And I was helping kids, so I loved it. Uh, I got to work oh, very, very one-on-one -on -one with a lot of our American kids that we had in the program. So it was a great program. And I had a problem with flying. I had a huge problem with flying, and I took a job. I lived in Tampa, and I took a job in Baltimore with Save the Children. I was like, well, guys, is there any way I could bus it? And they were like, all right, cool. And it would be a 24-hour bus ride. Uh, so I, I, I got on the bus, you know, because I, I got on the bus. My friends were all seeing me off. It's early ass, early in the morning, like 6 or something in the morning. And uh, I'm on the bus, and I get a phone call at, uh, at some point, 9, and I think I was in, like, Virginia, maybe, like, not Virginia, I was somewhere, uh, I was, like, right outside of Florida, probably, like, around 9. I get a phone call from this guy named Sean, uh, Sean Hogan, who's a producer with 495 Production. They're like, yeah. hey, man, uh, remember that show you auditioned for two years ago? You want to come back and, you want to come be on it? <laughs> <laughs> Why you're going and, to the new job, yeah. And while I'm driving the, my new life, what I know is yeah. my new life yeah. uh, in Baltimore, I'm going to be starting a new life in Baltimore. And they're like, yeah, you want to come and do it? I'm like, y yeah. <laughs> and it was just a crazy bit of serendipity that it all just kind of worked out. And, uh, uh, you know, about a month or two after that phone call, I was in Los Angeles. Wow. Wow. And I, I love the, the part of the story that your first flight ever was to actually go to Los Angeles because I have the same fear of flying that you do. And it, yeah. it, it it's hard, very hard to get me on a plane. So I love that that was one of your, your first times ever flying. How was it like your first day walking into the house with all the new people? Oh, man, um, it was it was great. It was crazy. There was so much expectation because you got to understand, we were in L.A. probably a month or two months before we actually started filming. Really? So um, you were already there, like, working, doing other stuff? I was in Los Angeles just kind of staying in a hotel room. Like, we were allowed to leave the hotel room, but not really. And we weren't allowed to see each other. Like, we had to tell the wow. producers where we wanted to go and all this stuff, so that way we wouldn't run into each other. Right, and cool. it was and it was them whittling down, because apparently they flew, like, I guess, ten of us out there. Oh, wow. And over that month process, they were whittling down who they wanted. Um, you know, from, you know, you, you know, it's always just a, a you know, whittle down process. And apparently, I didn't even know it until after the show was shot and done people were leaving like they were sending people you know home and stuff like that like in that month that we were there um so we basically were in and 
in and out, in and out of hotel rooms, and and we just really couldn't see each other. It was a crazy, crazy process. We were on what's called lockdown, <laughs> and it was it was a crazy, crazy process. Um, and LA was great. I was just kind of taken in the fact that I was in LA for the first time, um, and I still hadn't met my castmates yet. So there was all this hype, all this hype, mm. all this hype. And uh, then the day finally came, and they're like, "All right, you made it through, man. You're you're in. Can you get your friends or family to mail the rest of your crap? Because we only knew it as like you're gonna be in LA for a month and then you're going home. Yeah, yeah. And and then it was like, "All right, well, cool. You're good. We're gonna start the show manana. We're gonna start the show like tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh, I thought I was going home. Yeah. All right. Because <laughs> like, Mike, you guys had a ridiculous amount of stuff in you guys' rooms. Like it was ridiculous the amount of comics and statues and stuff. I'm like." Holy cow, did they really come, like, off the plane with that much stuff <laughs> in their bag? Uh, some of us did. Some of us just brought all the shit. Some of us didn't. Some yeah. of us, like, like me, I had to kind of get my family to be like, hey, can you help me out? And the worst part is, is I'm not really a collector, like, of nerd shit. Like, I got to tell you, like, I'm a huge geek. Like, I collect stories. I go to the comic book store, I buy comic books, or I don't, I read the stories, and then I'm out. And that's what I like to collect is stories. I have comic book things and right. memorabilia, but not a lot. Like, it's kind of like, I'm more about, like, the imagination, the imagination of the stories and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I almost said imagination. That's not a real word, but I made it up, so it could be. Totally <laughs> um, works. Yeah. Well, well, t- tell me about when uh, you and Molly moved into the room together, because that was an interesting day. Oh, man. Uh, dude, everyone wants to hear about Molly. Every time I do an interview, everyone wants to hear about me and Molly. Uh, man, Molly, Molly McIsaac, I got to give her, you know, her props. She, she's she's not as bad as the show made her out to be, but, we, you know, every TV show needs a villain. Yeah, and they so, do. And so, you know, they, you know, they kind of picked her to be the villain. I got to say, she's a lot better of a girl uh, than, you know, start out with... Uh, than it it seemed on the show. Um, The way that it kind of happened was we're all looking through our rooms and, you know, everyone's looking around and they're like, who you want to stay with and everything like that. And me and Molly have kind of been, you know, flirting since we first saw each other. Like, there's the whole argument in the boardroom and that's the first scene that we're seen in. Here's something fun that they don't really tell you is that we were all... uh, Me, Paul, and Danny were all in a van together. (laughs) Before we were we weren't allowed to talk to each other. By the way, we were we were in a, like imagine all three of us in a van and we can't say shit to each other because <laughs> they want to get they want to pretend like oh it's the first time we're meeting in this boardroom. Uh, so um, Molly getting into the house and then you know everything. I was like oh man this is a, Molly saw a room and I saw a room. It was the same room and I was like this is a really nice room. And Molly was like I want this room and I was like cool. Well I'll just go and check out another room. That's in my head. This is what I'm saying. I'll just go check out another room and. I'm sure everything will be fine, and I'm sure Molly will have a great... You want a room together? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you want a room together, Mike? And I think in our heads, we were both kind of like, yeah, I'm, she's like, I'm rooming with this sexy black dude. I'm an all right looking black guy. I'm not the best looking black guy. They're a better... Idris Elba is a better looking black guy. Um, <laughs> you were the best looking guy on the show, just for the record, Mike. Thank you! That means... That actually means a hell of a lot. I appreciate that. Um, I always thought that it was Sal. No, uh, man, you beat him by a country mile, brother. <laughs> I always thought Sal was like, man, damn, that's that Don Perry. I'm like a motherfucker. Like, like Sal had that, like, like that awkward. Anyway, let me get, before I sound homosexual. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, like, that's what happened. And I was like, cool, cool. And we thought it was going to be great. But the problem is, and I know the producers had to be sitting there. I know yeah. they were watching through the cameras, like, <laughs> like laughing their asses off because they did psychological profiles on us before like we had to go through a whole fucking process we had to go through psych profiles and everything so they knew our personalities so they knew how 
it was going to fucking work out. Yeah, they knew that it was uh, going to be a train wreck from the jump. Yeah, they just knew it, and I know the I know there was probably a maniacal laughter. And like as soon as they were like, "Yeah, let's do it," and I was thinking like, "Yeah, like I'm gonna room with her, and we're gonna have crazy monkey wild sex and all kinds of other crazy shit." And that's that's in my basis of human instincts where I was back then. Like I yeah. was drinking booze and comic books. I, yeah. I, I mean, drinking sex and comic books. That was my that was my id. That was my driving force in life. I said I call that Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah right on, man. I thought. <laughs> High fives all around. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's basically where me and Molly were. So were you a fan of reality television before you signed with the gig? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't really. I think the only reality show I had ever really kind of gotten into was The Real World. And it was only one season of Real World I ever, I've ever really watched. It was the San Diego one when I was younger. And that was it. I wasn't into any reality TV shows. I wasn't into any of that stuff. I didn't really watch them. I tried to watch Who Wants to Be a Superhero, but, you know, it just it didn't work out with me in that show. Yeah. I'm trying to watch it. Um, but after I found out I was going to be on a 495 production show, I started doing research about it, and then I got really addicted to Jersey Shore. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like, I'm not even kidding. Like, after I signed the papers and everything like that, and I looked at it, I was like, 495 Productions, aren't they the same people who do Jersey Shore? So I looked up, I watched Jersey Shore to kind of get, like, you know, the study what I was going to be into, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. And then I got, like, involved, like, amazingly emotionally involved in each episode <laughs> of Jersey Shore. I watched it from beginning to end, and that was around the time when they were getting ready to do their last season, oh, yeah. I think. And uh, I got really into it, and it was it was not good. Like, I <laughs> I can tell you everything that happened with all those guys. Yeah. Well, how was it actually working with, I'm going to mess the name up, 465 uh, Productions? Because they do the Jersey Shore. They even marketed you guys, like, as the real bank, Big Bang Theory and things like that. How was it working with them? Uh, 495 was great. Um, 495 was, they, they, they were... They were the we trusted them the most. Like we didn't even trust each other as much as we trusted them. Right. And uh, the the CEO of the company, the, the head of the company, Sally Ann, was there on set a lot of days, and her second in command was on set a lot of days. And we and we got to talk with them, and they put a lot into us, you know, for sci-fi because they wanted the New Jersey Shore. I think they wanted the New Jersey Shore for nerds, and that's what they were banking on us being. And the problem with that is is. The problem with what it was is, you know, they're used to doing TV a certain way, and sci-fi wanted family-friendly nerds yeah. and happy nerds, and they want to show this, oh, nerds are this, and all this other stuff, and that's not what it was. Like, what you guys saw of Fangasm was only a tiny, tiny iota of what really happened. Yeah. And, uh, you, know, it, you know, it got edited down and edited down and edited down, and, you know, it, it was just, at the end of it, and I hate to say this, this is not 495's fault, I, I put the blame mostly on sci-fi but it was kind of shitty like when he got to the end of it like it was a really it wasn't what we thought it was going to be so well how long how long after you were on the show did you get to see footage um we had the option of seeing the footage we you know the first there were a couple of there were three different drafts of the first episode like edited because we had so much footage there's so many different ways you can edit it right Yeah, yeah so there were three different copies of the first episode that we could watch you know they were like oh do you want to watch this one you watch this one you know they were offering to send it to us and i told them like i don't I, you know i'll wait till i'll wait till the day of with the rest of the world so you know i can live tweet so that way i don't like you know you know if i see it early like i don't say something stupid and give away you know a whole bunch of stuff and originally i didn't even want to watch the show my friends had to convince me to watch it um, I didn't really want to watch the show because I was kind of scared because I know I've, you know, been a fucking goofball and just a jackass. And I was like, you know, yeah. I'm going to watch the show and I'm going to look at this and I'm going to hate this about me and I'm going to hate this. 
and my friends can do a party, a surprise party, and so I, I had to watch it, and I was like, all right, cool, uh, let's fucking watch, and I live-tweeted the entire time, the entire show, and it was, uh, you know, it, it, we, we could have seen it like a month before, and I think we decided not to, so. Well, I didn't. I decided not to. I don't know who else. They might have seen it, but I decided not to watch any of them. Well, I had a couple of questions about a couple of different things that happened on the show, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in my research. Uh, Adrian Curry came to the house, who, uh, of course, is a phenomenal cosplayer, and you guys had kind of a, I wouldn't say a confrontation, but you definitely had a heated discussion, all of you, with her. How did that go, and how did that play up when they brought her into the house? Um, okay, so if you watch the show, then you know, I, I can't remember what episode Adrienne came on, but which, by the way, Adrienne is, is a lovely person to work with, and she's, she was super, she was super casual, and she was yeah. like a veteran when it comes yeah. to reality shows. Oh, stuff. yeah, she's been around the reality show block, that's for sure. Yeah, Between, she's, uh, a, she's a veteran. For all those yeah. who don't know, all the listeners, she was the first uh, top model winner. And she also she did knows. the Marrying Brady or whatever it was when she yeah. made the Yeah, My Fair Brady, Brady was a show she did. Brady. She did the sur- she did the surreal life and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I am very, very sorry to say that they told us she was going to be there, I think, like the night before she showed up. Like, they told oh, us wow. she was going to be there, like, the night before. And I'm sorry to say this. I didn't know who the heck she was. <laughs> I had no fucking clue. Like, a couple of us didn't. Yeah. The girls were immediately like, Adrian Curry. And the guys were all like, who? Yeah. Like, and so we did, like, a little, you know, a little... You know, we put it together a dossier, and we did a yeah. bunch of research the night before she came on. Um, if you know that, I think episode two, me and Molly get in a discussion about cosplay. Yeah, and cosplay, cosplay equals consent. Yeah, cosplay is not consent. I can't. It was a huge movement last year. Yeah. And I don't know, or, or two years ago, back in 2013. Yeah. And it was kind of a part of a movement in 2014, but I haven't really heard anything about it since. Um, and it was a huge issue at the time, and it was something that Molly was very passionate about. And I was a total plebeian or a Philistine. I was very pedestrian yeah. about the whole subject. Uh, and I was like, and I was of the mindset of like, well, I don't think it's a big enough issue to make a whole fucking campaign about it. Yeah. yeah. And to make a whole thing like everyone treat everybody with respect and don't be douchebags. And if there is an asshole that is staring at your ass or grabs your ass or anything, yeah. then throw him out and kick your ass, like kick his ass. But my whole mindset was of the like, it's, I think it's, I think it is too much. You know, I don't think it's a big enough issue to, to make all these billboards and signs and make a movement, yeah. I thought there were way too many things that deserved, you know, uh, you know, a movement, and that was not one of them. Um, and so me and her got a discussion about that, and you know, it turned into an argument. We're both two big personalities. Uh, and Adrian Curry got on the show, and you know, Molly and Kristen were just so sure that she was going to agree with them, oh, yeah. and she agreed with me. She was very much so like, no, I don't think it needs to be an issue. I think it should be. I walk around with my husband slash boyfriend. She follows me around. He follows me around, and he protects me or whatever like that. I realize what the situation is, what I'm going into. I realize what I am wearing, and if somebody touches me inappropriately, I either kick their ass or he kicks their ass. Yeah. Well, and that- she. Huh? I was going to say, that's what I really like, because you kind of took up with the side of, like, look, you know, uh, the side you took, and that she agreed with you, because when it first played out, because they went to commercial, and I'm like, oh, Adrian Curry's going to rip him a new asshole, and then she came back, and she's like, no, Mike's totally right, and I'm like, that's awesome. And it was, and that's all it is, is I don't, I have a problem with, and it was a huge thing at the time, and it's kind of still a thing now, hashtag, like, Tumblr, act, Tumblr activism, hashtag yeah. activism, yeah. and I have a problem with that, like, yeah, cool, hashtags are great, and it gets the information out there, but are you doing anything, you're out there doing anything, and it was one of those kind of deals where the cosplay consent thing was, 
you know, it was more of these girls talking. These same girls who are talking about it aren't really, you know, they're not really doing anything. They're not really, you know, if somebody comes up to them, they just shut down. They don't call for help. They don't ask for help. Yeah. Anything like that, which is not, you know, I'm not, you know, anything onto them. I'm saying that, I'm saying that let's, you know, be like, hey, you grab your guy friend, grab a head of, sec- like, security, whatever like that. This guy's being a creeper. He needs to chill the fuck out. But instead, they just let this creepy fucking dude all over them and it you know if the guy's an asshole the first of all the guy's a creepy asshole but to stop behavior like that you have to like speak up or either punch him motherfucking the nuts like there it is yeah. like and you have to realize what the situation you're going into you are going into a place where all these nerds all they do their only interaction with women for the most part not all of them for the most part is like some hentai fucking porn or something like that and they think women like to be touched like that yeah. and they think women like to be objectified like that and they don't and you have to realize that's the situation that you're going in uh i realize that when i put on spandex i get my ass grabbed by women sometimes men all the time and if it makes me feel uncomfortable then i say something like hey please stop or hey chill the fuck out yeah and you know that's that's kind of a stance you have to be on definitely uh, the other thing, because we do know that you are pretty good with ladies, one of my favorite things that happened on the show is you were in full zombie makeup at a club, and I can't remember the exacts, but basically there was two girls there that kind of won your attention at the same time. I believe you invited one there, and then one you met there at the same time. It was kind of this uh, Mexican standoff, if you will, between the two of them and you. Tell me about that situation. Was that contrived, or that just really happened? Oh, man, that really happened. Uh, <laughs> like, I'd love to say it didn't, but it did. Uh, I can't remember those girls' names. Damn it. Um, that's so horrible. Uh, I can't remember those girls' names. Uh, it was the perfect motherfucking storm. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was one of those kind of deals where, and I've done this before in my life, and, you know, shame on me for having done it, and I still do it to this day, so, you know, I haven't learned my lesson yet. Where I invited multiple, I invited invited two different girls out and I'm expecting alright one of them will show up one of them won't one of them show yeah. up one of them won't you know like real life however I totally forgot that we're on camera and we're doing a TV show and we're doing you know all this stuff so obviously both these girls are going to want to show up and get TV time well yeah and you can you totally see that happening but I, I don't know I guess because I'm such a when I watch reality TV I always want to think it's so scripted that I'm like that couldn't happen. They totally, you know, they set that up. But it's funny for you to say that. No, that actually really happened. I just that was my bad. Yeah, it was. It was totally on me, and they made it look worse than what it is. Here's what they don't tell you: both those girls came back. What? To, the, to my house. Both of them, not at the same time, <laughs> different times. Yeah. The shorter girl came back that night. Yeah. And we made out in my bed, and she got weirded out by the cameras, so she left, and we didn't hook up, which was yeah. fine. I was like, all yeah. right, cool. Let's not hook up, whatever, whatever. Then the other girl came back and, you know, we kissed and made out and everything like that. And then, once again, we didn't hook up because of the cameras, which is yeah. fine. And they, the producers, I guess, didn't want to show an almost hookup. Yeah. I guess they didn't want to show an almost hookup. Or either sci-fi was like, uh, That's not the family-friendly like, thing we're going for, which that tells me a lot that sci-fi and the production company weren't in sync enough to know what they both wanted. It was they weren't they weren't I think Sci-Fi saw all three edits of the first episode because of the different three edits that were out none of none of those three edits that got done and edited that you know were out there for us to see first were what went up wow that, the first episode so apparently Sci-Fi was like what the fuck is this oh, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of nerds drinking and partying and and doing all this other stuff no 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 edit that shit down yeah and that's what happened 
they there was a lot of times where I was so close. It was it, there were a lot of things that were happening, and yeah. you know there were if they had really put out what the what really happened, the amount of drinking and debauchery that really happened. Yeah. You know it. I really do in my heart of hearts feel like that we would have got a season two. We would have got a lot of hate. I think I think yeah. we would have got a lot of hate, but I think you know it's one of those kind of deals where it's entertaining. You love to hate it. Well, see, that's the um, thing. Like, if if it had gone out like the way you said, like it really happened, I think you would have gotten a season two as well. Because I kept telling people, I'm like, look, you got to watch this show. These guys are entertaining. I really like you. I liked a lot of the other people on the show. And I'm like, look, this is an entertaining show. But when my friends watched it, or kind of in that same like huge Jersey Shore fanatic kind of people were like. This is good, but like Jersey Shore is way better. But it sounds like you almost had basically the perfect storm of like, um, you know, Comic Con meets Jersey Shore meets you know uh, people you could relate to kind of story, which really would have propelled you guys a lot further. It, it was. It was this great. We had. We we kind of felt like we we had something good on our hands, and you know, it we it really. It's really sad that they edited out a lot of the debauchery stuff. And, you know, it's, I hate to say it, but people like to see that shit. They love to see it shit. And it wasn't, and it came off disingenuous. When I watched it, I was like, this looks too fake. Yeah. This looks too much like, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I, and I hated that aspect of it because it wasn't fake. A lot of it was so very, very real. You know, there were obviously situations that had to be set up. Adrian Curry didn't just show up. Yeah. George Takei didn't just show, show up. up. Like, there were situations that had to be set up. But for the most part, when it was just us dealing with each other, that shit was fucking real. Yeah. And they left it out. There's this, there's a thing, there's there's footage out there, you'll never see it, but there's footage of me breaking down in an audition, not an audition, but in a testimonial where I'm fucking breaking down and crying because I'm just having such a hard time in the house and there was a time in the house where everybody was very much so against me and they didn't really show that either they didn't show the arguments that we got into every day they didn't show me getting drunk all the time they didn't show me and Paul getting drunk or me and Molly getting drunk they didn't show me and Molly making out. They never showed all the stuff between me and Molly that actually went down. So, well, well, let me ask you this, because since you brought that up, and I'm such a big fan of the show, like, what kind of led to that breakdown? What made everybody be so against you in the house? I wasn't... It was like reverse nerd hate. Like, I wasn't a typical nerd. I wanted to go out and party. I wanted yeah. to go to the clubs. Sal wanted to go to the comic book stores. They wanted yeah. to go buy figures. They wanted to go do this stuff. And I was yeah. like, that's cool. We are 20-somethings. Yeah. We are like seven twenty 20-somethings living in Los Angeles. I want to go out and get plastered in yeah. the streets of Los Angeles and be and be gods of the arena, be yeah. fucking young titans. And they were all like, except for like Molly. Molly was the only one who was really, Molly and Paul, I think, were the only ones who were really on my level as far as that goes. But even then, they were like, uh, yeah. you know, me and Molly didn't get along. We clashed all the goddamn time, but it was still like, we want to party. Let's get yeah. fucked up and party. And me and Molly were like, yeah. <laughs> you and Molly and Paul, for me, at least seemed like you were like the three wingmen. Like you were those same, like you just said, like we want to go party. We want to go do this stuff. But everybody else in the house is kind of like, no, we just want to stay here and read our comics. But you're like, no, let's go out. Let's have a good time. And so, there, you know, it was that. And so there was a lot of, there was a lot of clashing and, and shit like that. There was a lot of clashing and, and, and you know, uh, again, for that. You know, I want to go drink. Yeah. I, you know, like, I'd wake up and I'd be like, I want to go have a drink. And everybody would be like, why do you need to drink so much, Mike? Why do you need to talk about drinking so much? Yeah. And, I, and I'd say, like, listen, where the fuck I'm from, if I'm about to mix me a drink, I tell everybody. Yeah. I, it- like... You know, if you are about to go have a beer or have a drink or do whatever, and, you know, it's just, hey, guys, I'm going to go get a drink. Anybody else want one? Yeah. 
It, you know, it's just common fucking courtesy. And so a lot of people didn't like that, and they didn't like that I drank so much, and they didn't like that I partied so much. And I was like, we're in L.A. on TV. What the fuck do you think they want to see? No, that's exactly what they want to see. And trust me, you're not you're not telling us anything new. We're called the Happy Hour Podcast. We love drinking a cold beer and having a mixed drink, so you ain't hurting our feelings none. Johnny, what do you got on deck? Yeah, so I mean, we can. I mean, we appreciate you telling us you know, the ins and outs of you know, your experience because it's definitely something that you'll you know remember forever. It's definitely uh, you know, a, you know, people can take you know the good with the bad, but I think you know you you definitely took a lot out of this and that you you know that'll change your life forever. You know, uh, but you you're you mentioned about stories and comics, and we love comics and whatnot. Uh, do you have like a favorite like stories that you like to read? Are you reading anything currently? Um, well, I, I have my, my ultimate number one favorite, um, you know, favorite comic book, which is the, uh, the comic book that got me into Superman. It's a comic book called Superman Birthright, and that's, oh. like, the, in my mind, when I think of, like, my favorite comic book story, I mean, that's, if that's not it, it's, you know, pretty fucking close to the top. Um, it's Superman told from a very real perspective. It was written by Mark Wade, done back in 2005, and it's still current. It still feels current, and, uh, it's just a really strong... Uh, comic book and it makes Superman feel real. It doesn't make him feel like this esoteric, un you know, taintable character. It makes Superman feel like, you know, the, it shows Superman for the real guy that he is. So, Do you, were you a fan of comic book movies, or are you kind of like just distant from those? Uh, I love everything comic books, man. Comic book movies, uh, you know, comic books, comic book, you know, just anything involving superheroes. I I tell people all the time, I may not be necessarily a fan of comic books, but I'm definitely a fan of superheroes. What did you think of Man of Steel? Oh man, when I first saw it, it was funny, I got to see it with, we, we, the whole entire cast went to go to the premiere, which was great, um, of Fangasm, which was really, really amazing. Uh, I, as a Superman dick riding, Superman is my favorite character of all time, fucking dude, when I first saw it, I thought it was great, I thought it was the greatest thing since fucking Toast, I wanted, I wanted it inside of me, I wanted it around me, I wanted Man of Steel, everything, Man of Steel was the greatest movie of all time, and then I went back and watched it a couple more times after I, after I fell off the Man of Steel hype, after I fell off, and then I went back and I watched it, I was like, it is not as good as I, had to, I originally, like, thought it was, and it, you know, I thought it was good, and it, it you know, had the potential to be so much better, it's just, I think, they got as close to the mark of Superman as any movie yet, but it still wasn't quite there, you know what I mean? Yeah, are you looking forward to uh, Dawn of Justice? I am looking forward to Dawn of Justice. Oh, I'm scared because if they don't get it right with Dawn of Justice, and Marvel's going to kick, you know, Marvel's going to take it, and DC will not be able to come back from that ass whooping. Um, if they fuck up a Superman Batman story, there is no redemption. They're done. They're dead in the water. There is the, wait ten more years and then try again. That's basically where it's going to be at. Now Ben Affleck uh, gets a lot of crap for uh, being, you know, taking on the cape and cowl. What, what's your thoughts on him, you know, being Batman? I was pissed off about it at first. I was real mad. Uh, I made a vine about it. I was real mad. I was like, no! And then after, you know, I calmed down and I thought about it and I really, you know, I was like, who else, man? I was like, really, who else? You know, as Jay and Silent Bob say, he was the bomb in Phantoms. He was the bomb in Phantoms. <laughs> like, you know, that's what I think. That's the exact, I made a post and I was like, what the fuck is this? And my friend, my buddy, uh, was like, hey, he was the bomb in Phantom, Joe. You can't go like <laughs> That was the exact post on Facebook underneath my post. Um, I thought about it, man, and, you know, he loves the character, uh, and, you know, who better? I was thinking about who better. You know, I think he'll be able to pull it off. I'm going to give him a chance. I'm going to give him a little college try. And we'll see, man. We'll see. You just got to kind of, you know, hope for the best and see. I think he, he could do it a lot better. 
um, than a lot of people who have had a shot at Batman, and I think he'd do a lot better than some of the other people they were considering. So I think Ben Affleck is is a good choice, and we just gotta hope and pray that he brings it home. So it's you know it's hard to fuck up. And this is my honest opinion. I think it's hard to fuck up Batman at this point because yeah. people just love him so much. But it's really easy to fuck up Superman because he ain't got a lot of love. So that's what I'm more concerned about is how they do Superman and Wonder Woman. In this next movie. That's very, very true. I want to bring it back to Fangasm one more time before we jump into your new projects. Like I said, I was a huge fan. I watched it every week. I I DVR'd it, watched it live. And then I was watching it, and I'm like, hang on a second. There's a finale. Where did this finale go? And then they dumped the finale at midnight on Sci-Fi. Did you get any heads up on that? Did you know what was going on? or? Man, sci-fi had given up on us. They pulled a fucking plug. Yeah. They, they, sci-fi, sci-fi dropped us, man. Um, sci-fi made us. They made this thing, and then sci-fi dropped us at the last minute. They were like, sorry. Well, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that because, I mean, you had a, in my opinion, I think you had a really great show and it was a show I could relate to because, uh, uh, Mike, uh, I, I kind of like to think of you as somebody that I'd relate a lot to. You know, you like to drink, you like to party, you like to have a good time, you like the ladies, but you like your comics, you like your video games. You know, you can be a nerd and still be cool. You know, they the, both of those things can interact together. You don't have to be one or the other. You absolutely can. I, I definitely think that it's it's important that we as a nerd community realize that you know there isn't any. We're not we're not Big Bang Theory. We're not stereotypical no. nerds. We're not you know my 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 you know envisionment of like what it's like to be nerds is me and my homies uh, at a bar getting fucked up arguing over you know the newest Spider-Man comic book. Uh, I remember just. Like about, you know, not too long ago, we're arguing over, you know, the new Gwen Stacy Spider-Man or, you know, what are they going to do with Man of Steel and all this stuff. And it's just a bunch of us sitting at a bar getting fucked up and having a good time talking about fucking comic books. Some of the best, some of the most knowledgeable nerds I know about anything are, well, they work out every day, they're, you know, they're attractive people, they work out every day, they, they you know, they do all this stuff. And they're nerds, they're fucking nerds. Like, they, you know, I, I'm tired of the... A stereotype, the Steve Urkel nerd or the the Big Bang Theory. That's why I don't like Big Bang Theory. Yeah, that is exactly we, why I don't like Big Bang Theory. I know a lot of people do. I don't like it. Well, you're talking to two people that are right there with you. We are not big fans of Big Bang Theory around here. I, I really wanted to ask you, you posted a post two hours ago. I'm so excited. I hope our podcast is the first media that is breaking this. Tell me about your new show, Mike Reed and His Amazing Friends. Oh, man. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, after about a year and some change of really trying to get all my friends and everything excited about it, and getting people excited about it and trying to get like funding and everything for it, um, we're, I'm going to be doing a new, I'm producing my first time really producing anything and uh, all this other stuff. My own reality show called Mike Reed and His Amazing Friends, where, uh, you know, me and my amazing friends, uh, will be going from convention to convention. Uh, you know, doing all this fun stuff, meeting different celebrities, at least trying to meet celebrities and trying to get interviews with these celebrities and partying and showing nerds and, you know, trying to do what they try to do with fangasm, but right. You know what I mean? Right. And we're just going to be traveling around from convention to convention uh, if we get enough love for the first episode. Uh, this is something that I'm producing myself in-house. Uh, it's being done by the Nerdorama Network, which is an online network. Um, and they're helping us with the funding and everything like that. And we're also going to be probably going to Kickstarter, asking for help and everything there. But we're going to be making it happen. Our first appearance is going to be at MegaCon, and it's going to be awesome. And we're going to try to get sci-fi involved, and we're going to shoot some stuff sci-fi's way and everything. And it, hopefully it, it comes off really huge and big. 
um, as we wanted to. And, you know, I just got done with a blast production meeting today. Not the last one, but, like, you know, the last one to make sure that it was a go um, with uh, a very great uh, dude in Tampa, Kyle France, who's going to be my director of photography. And uh, he's decided he's going to sign his production company on um, to the, you know, to the filming and everything. And I was like, great, everything's signed on, everyone's signed on, great. Now I just got to get the cast figured out, my friends. You know, it's hard to pick between your friends, like, who you want to be on it, who you don't. Well, um, yeah, definitely. But, but you've got such good friends. You've got Claire Davis. You've got a lot of people in the cosplay community with you. I mean, you, you've got a long list of people to pick from, and they're all top-notch talent. So Exactly, exactly. And that's the hardest thing you have to go through and kind of be like, hey, you're in, you're out. It's like picking in basketball. But mm-hmm. I'm super excited about it because you're going to get to see behind the scenes of how conventions work. You're going to get to see you know, how nerds really do it. You're going to get to you know meet some great celebrities uh, you know, on the show, we're going to get great interviews with celebrities on the show, uh, you know, and uh, it, it's really just kind of a look and, you know, the real average everyday look at the nerd and, and we're going to do a pilot and we're going to put it all over the internet and hopefully people like it. If they like it, then we'll do another episode. We'll do another episode, another episode. So it all just kind of depends on how, you know, popular it is with people. So, Hey, Mike, uh, we, we're, we're really excited about this project and um, definitely hit us a line and let us know about the Kickstarter because we love to plug it on our show. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I will definitely let you guys know. Um, we're going to be sending it out to everybody. I'll definitely send it out to you guys. We're going to send it out to our friends at Loot Crate. I have a lot of... You know, Danny from the show, she actually is the marketing supervisor at Loot Crate. That's what she does now. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, Danny from the show. Um, and I'll see if I can, you know, see if I can get you guys interviews with the other cast members. I'm sure they have a lot they want to say about it, too. Well, we'd, um, we'd love to talk to them about it because I was a hard, hardcore fan of the show, and I'm not going to lie... When they dumped you guys at midnight, it broke my heart because I'm like, look, man, you know, these these people spent their time. They they gave you their talent and then you dump them at midnight after wrestling. You know, it's just uh, it just broke my heart. It, it's it's it, it, the thing that sucks the most about it is that they didn't give us a chance to be us. They didn't give us the shot that we thought we deserved. And uh, but that's a TV industry, you know. That's that's the business, man. Like, you know, either you either you make it in the first shot or you don't, man. So, um, we're hoping. Uh, well, I'm hoping that you know Mike Reed and his amazing friends kind of can redeem some semblance of whatever, you know, from fangasm and try to redeem it a little bit. And you might see some fangasm people on there, too, every once in a while. Like, we might fly out some fangasm people to come be on our show and everything like that, to be on Mike Green's Amazing Friends. I would love that. I would love to get the whole crew back together and try it again. Well, that um, would be awesome, man. We, I, I personally, as a fan, would love to see it because the chemistry you guys had was amazing. Like, I really think you had good chemistry there. I, I personally think, like I said, being a huge reality show fan, I think a lot of it was just lost in the edit. I think that was the biggest fucking thing is the editing and uh, if we can ever go back you know which we probably won't if we ever got a chance to go back and they were like sci-fi was like let's do it again we want all the same people everything I'd be like fuck yeah let's do it again uh, but this time you know you should edit it this I'd definitely speak and be like listen you should edit it this way why don't you just you know when some fucked up shit happens just put it on TV if people don't like it they'll let you know like <laughs> you know so that's what it's probably gonna be but um, hopefully Mike Reed and his amazing friends is the the second chance the second chance uh, that the world that that you deserve that Gotham City deserves. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. we'll, 
Well, Mike, my friend, uh, I'm so glad to have you on the show, and I'm, I'm glad, hopefully, maybe after this conversation, be able to call you a friend. You have an open-door policy on the happy hour. Anytime you want to come in, you want to promote something, you just let us know, and the door is always open for you. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for calling us, and, and we really, really appreciate it. No problem, guys. If you guys are ever in Tampa, hit me up. Let's get a drink. Oh, for sure, man, because Ebor City is my jam. Hey, Mike, one last thing. How can people find you uh, on the internets? Uh, you guys can check me out on Twitter at Mike of Steel 15 um, You guys can check me out on Facebook at, you know, Mike Reed. Uh, Instagram, Mike of Steel 15 um, Yeah, I'm, that's how you guys can find me. Um, you guys can definitely email me. I'll give up my email. I have no problem qualms about it. Uh, Mike of Steel 15 at yahoo.com. If you can't tell, there's a recurring theme. Just look up Mike of Steel 15 and you can probably find me anywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's how you guys can find me. And please, everyone, be on the lookout for Mike Green's Amazing Friends. We should be trying to put out the first episode uh, sometime, I think, mid this year. So That sounds awesome, man. And like I said, we definitely wanted you back on the show so you can promote that. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. All right, man. You have a good one. All right, you take too, care, Mike. Mike. Bye. All right, bye, guys. And guys, that was our amazing interview with Mike Reed. Uh, as always, you can hit us up on uh, Twitter at HH Podcast Show. And how do they hit us up on the Gmail? Gmail, we got HH Podcast Show at gmail dot com. And uh, if you have any questions for Mike, we definitely uh, definitely send us some some lines there. Like, hey, if you have a question for him and there's anything like that, we'll definitely relay that and. Maybe we'll do a, uh, a Q&A with him in a future episode. Oh, Who that'd knows? that'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. So definitely, like we said, uh, he's, uh, Mike Reed and his amazing friends is his new project. Be on the look for that. And uh, definitely you know, let us know what you think. And uh, if you were seeing uh, Fangasm, let us know what your thoughts were. If you are just as frustrated as we were that the show you know, got dropped at midnight by Sci-Fi, that's crazy. Uh, definitely hit us a line and let us know. And uh, we, like we said, we're, we're unabashed geeks. We're unabashed nerds we're fans this is made by fans for fans and mike we believe like mike is one of us he's you know he he's he's very passionate about what he does and so are we and uh, we definitely uh, appreciate uh, appreciate you mike for joining us on the episode so uh definitely uh hit us a line and we're pretty much everywhere on the internet so yeah you can hit us up and uh thank you so much for listening we ain't gotta go home, but we gotta get the hell up out of here. Yep. As always, when you're talking about the happy hour Johnny and Deuce, there's not one but two hashtags. There's hashtag happy hour podcast and hashtag deuces on the loose. See ya. Later. Later.